the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Road to Glory Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Apollo Dez, and college football is up and running, and we're headed barreling down to week two. Super pumped to bring some content to you guys and uh, talk about last week a little bit, my experience at the 40 Acres, and just kind of my perspective of, of week one going into week two. Uh, my co-host Chris is a little under the weather. He brought you episode two of the Roads Glory pod in a solo podcast earlier this week, um, recapping what happened in week one. Uh, I will give some perspective of going on, um, what happened, and, and my perspective of it all. But let's just let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, episode two was great by Chris. He he absolutely killed it. It was a I'm gonna pull the curtains back a bit. Some things came up on my end. I was like, hey Chris, you got episode two, Bubba. Like, let's go all in. And you know what he did? He took it, took the bull by the horns and ran with it. That's why we're the number one college football podcast in America, according to the New York Times, allegedly. Um, so episode three, and it was great. It was um I was and embraced i was back i felt alive for the first time in almost a year i was on the 40 acres i was there for texas first louisiana lafayette uh, a top 25 matchup and it was great it felt great to get there early to be loud and stay late to tailgate um the group that i'm with that i've been with for over almost a decade now um we have a little tailgate spot that is uh, actually hosted by the tailgate guys a little shout out to them. And we're right behind the uh, Longhorn City Limits, a little a little ode to Austin there from the Austin City Limits. The Longhorn City Limits is actually, um, they have, I think they've had Ludacris in the past. They've had Usher. They've had a, the Black Keys. They've had a, a bunch of different groups come through, and it's their own little concert. And our, our tailgate spot backs up to the back of it. So if you're in Austin whenever, come by. Uh, have a cold drink, have a cold beverage on uh, on me. Uh, we have a full bar. We have everything. It's a it's the best spot, um, relative speaking, it, on the 40 acres. So it felt good. And uh, walking to the stadium, it felt normal for a while. I was masked up. And there was 100,000 fans there ready to uh, cheer on the Longhorns and Sarkeesian, the new era. And Honestly, it was probably one of the most boring games I've been to in the last decade because it was efficient, it was convenient, and it was a win. And I caught a bunch of flack from my buddies because I was like, this was the most like unsexiest win of all time. And I had to step back a bit. Maybe it was the Casa Amigos. Maybe it was the Don Julio 1942. Maybe it was the Yingling. Maybe it was the Pacifico. Maybe it was the Modelo. I don't know. But the next day when I rewatched the game, I was sitting there and I was just like, wow, that was what efficient team to do. Yes, it was a top 25 matchup. Yes, uh, Napier over there, the head coach, has turned down the Auburn head coaching job to come back to Louisiana Lafayette. He's probably the heir to the throne at LSU when um, LSU brass wises up and finally gets rid of Orgeron because Orgeron is a brutal head coach. He is He was the national championship was Joe Brady, his offense, his mastermind, and then plugging in the right pieces. And that's where Burrow and Chase and all those guys came about. But uh, Napier's going to be the guy uh, that that usurps Orgeron. And so you had a team that had top, top 
returners. They had, I think they returned the most in the country for a top 25 team. And Texas with a with a redshirt freshman quarterback took care of business. It was efficient, it was clean, it was honestly it other than it being hot in the stands, it it was boring. And I guess that's what good teams do. They win boring games. And I'm hundred percent happy about that. So that was kind of my perspective of, of week one, living and breathing in it all. Um, it was awesome to be back. It was awesome to see it on TV. I mean, it started off with, with Vault Tech upsetting North Carolina. You had the inner Sandman. You had the energy going. You had Mercer's kicker missing an extra point, keeping it at 69 points. You had all these great things in, in week one, and – it was just nonstop. You had the the barn burn of Ohio State. You had Utah putting, actually playing a pretty close game with Weber State early on. Um, Bama doing Bama things. OU in a sweaty, sweaty game with Tulane. Uh, Georgia beating Clemson um, and just opposing their will defensively. Um, yeah, Dabo, you're in trouble, Bubba. You had AM in a sweaty game with Kent State early on before they pulled away and their defense did defensive things. Iowa State looked bad. Um, Cincinnati did Cincinnati things. They looked good. Oregon, you know, in a sweaty game with Fresno State and they and they won by a touchdown, but they head to Columbus and I think they may get run out of the stadium. Penn State upsetting Wisconsin, USC doing USC things, Florida taking care of business, UCLA upsetting LSU, and Drunk Des apparently put 100 bucks on LSU to win that game. So lost 100 bucks there. Ended up a winner on week one, which I was happy about. It's always great when you get a, a little payment from your bookie, but it could have been a lot more. Uh, had a five-team parlay with LSU being the last leg, and I guess after the game we went got sushi at my favorite restaurant in Austin, Texas, at Tomodachi Sushi. No free ads. Had a little sake. Um, actually, I had a, having a lot of sake, um, a whole premium bottles worth from uh, one of the guys on the table. And next thing you know, I bet $100 on LSU to win. So it was a double loser there. Washington getting upset by Montana. Wow. Is the pack fraudulent? And Notre Dame absolutely, absolutely in the game of the year through week one, surviving and advancing. Um, it, it felt a lot like Notre Dame versus Texas when Texas was back. You know, the Florida State is back because it was the boating game. They're honoring the, the late great head coach. Uh, Florida State has been a, a, a subject of – you know, what the heck is happening over there? And I'm going to hand up on me. It was a two-possession game in the third quarter, and I went to bed. I mean, I, I you know, I I put on some Netflix. I, I ignored the game, just, you know, bada-bing, bada-boom, hanging out on a Sunday night. And then I got a text from a buddy who was like, hey, this really reminds me of the Texas's back game. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, are you not watching? And I flipped the game on. I go, oh, shit. I, I missed a really good game. So I got to see the over the end of the fourth and into overtime. Um, it was really cool to see um, Mr. Milton come back from that gruesome injury and, and lead that comeback um, just to fall short in overtime, which sucked college kickers, man, it always happens, but that was kind of my week one perspective. And I know Chris touched on it um, uh, on episode two, but I had to give my perspective because, you know, Des is Des. So uh, we're going into week two. It's kind of a week slate. We have 
an Oregon Ohio State matchup, which is probably the game of the week. And it's at 11 a.m. Central Time. 11 a.m. You have number 12 in the country traveling to Ohio State, to Columbus. Uh, Ohio State is favored by two touchdowns over under set at 63 and a half. Look, Mariota's not walking through that door. I get that. I understand that. The, the guys, I, I don't know what Crystal Ball's doing. Hopefully, he got the guys um, there four days earlier because if they didn't, that's a 9 a.m. start for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible timing of this all. This should be the primetime game. This should be the ABC game, and I don't get it. Um, but before that, Friday, by the time you hear this, on September 10th, you have Coastal Carolina versus Kansas. Uh, Coastal should take care of business there, even though Kansas did win week one and they stormed the field. Good for them. Um, but the, the slate in the top 25 is weak, guys. It, it, I'm not going to lie. Um, Auburn takes Alabama State, Florida versus South Florida. Virginia Tech, who just entered the top 25 uh, this past week, um, after their upset win of North Carolina, they have a no-name matchup. And actually, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to call a timeout. We're going to hit an audible. And I'm going to run down the top 25 because we didn't do that. We skipped over it. And that's on me. Hand up. So top 25 real quick. You have Alabama getting 59 first-place votes in the AP top 25. Georgia getting four. They're number two. Ohio State three. OU four, Texas AM and the Jimbo Fishers five, Clemson six, Cincinnati seven, Notre Dame eight, Iowa State dropping two spots all the way to nine, Iowa 10, and a little teaser. We got a little Iowa, Iowa State battle of the cornfields. I, I, I think that's what Iowa has, right? They have cornfields. I think so. Yeah, that, that matchup is happening uh, this week, 9 and 10. Or, excuse me, yes, 9 and 10. Um, that's going on. Uh, to round out the top 10, right, I was there. Penn State at 11, jumping eight spots. Oregon, 12. Florida, 13. USC, 14. The Texas Longhorns at 15, jumping six spots after their win. UCLA, all the way to 16 after being not ranked. They're 2-0. Chip Kelly is back all of a sudden. The visor's back. Uh, the money bags are back, I guess, in Southern California. Coastal Carolina at 17. Wisconsin falling six spots all the way to 18. Virginia Tech, like I said earlier, jumped all the way to 19 from not ranked all the way to 19. Old Miss. Old Miss. Let's 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 hit a little pause right here. Old Miss is number twenty in the top twenty-five. Um, they looked good Monday night. Louisville has been a team that has been talked about. Um, Cunningham at quarterback. They've been talking about all this stuff. Louisville, this Louisville, that. You know the closest thing they've had since Lamar. And Ole Miss put an absolute beating on Monday night this past week, and. I say this respectfully to, to Louisville and, and their fans because I, I think I think they were kind of shell-shocked. And I would have been surprised, too, because Ole Miss defense under, under Durkin, 
who came over from uh, the former Maryland head coach, uh, who is now the defensive coordinator second year at Ole Miss. He changed his defense up, and you had Herb Street talking about it. He went to Iowa State to, to learn from their defensive coordinator about this new front, and it absolutely put Louisville in this mind pencil, and, and they looked good. They were flying to the ball. They were, they were doing things, and I've seen that Iowa State defense time and time again. It is um, a bend, don't break. It, it's almost like that old guy at the softball fields, an old head that's pitching, and he just puts a bunch of backspin on his ball when he's pitching, and, and you try to hit a ball 500 feet, and it goes 50 feet. Like Iowa State's defensive mold and, and the people that come to learn from Iowa State, uh, they just expect – you to get in trouble. There was like a Venus fly trap. They, they just were like, Hey, you're going to fuck up. We're not going to, we're going to play good football, clean football, and it's going to be on you. And the next thing you know, you're, you're down, you're pressing in the fourth quarter and that's where they eat. And you saw that with Ole Miss and defensively. And then you had the lane fighting lane Kiffin offense who was not there due to COVID, but Matt Coral and I, and I tweeted at um, our guy, uh, Mr. Zerline over at ESPN 97.5, and I and he was talking about Coral as a quarterback prospect, obviously, because that's what he does at a very high level. And I and I tweeted, I was like, this is probably the the cleanest I've ever seen Coral play. Last year, you saw the intangibles, you saw the tools, the very raw tools of it all. And he he did a little too much last year. And this past game, obviously in a vacuum, he looked very very good uh, for Ole Miss. And the Rebels had to believe. And have to think that Matt Coral could be a guy that is in New York at the end of the season. And they are a contender in the SEC this year. And because he played really good football this past week. Obviously, that's that changes when you play in the SEC week after week against really elite defenses. Um, but I'm excited to see his growth and see him maturing as a quarterback because if he does take that next step. This old Miss team becomes a little dangerous and flies a little under the radar because Lane Kiffin doesn't give any fucks. That team probably doesn't give any fucks. They fly to the ball defensively. They play sound football. And offensively, Matt Coral takes that next step. This is a team in the SEC that could be a spoiler. Uh, to round off the top 25, you had Utah at 21, Miami following all the way to 22, Arizona State to 23, North Carolina falling 14 spots all the way from 10 in the country to 24. And you had Auburn step into the top 25 at 25 to round it out. So that is your top 25. We will take a quick segment break. I am your host, Apollo Des. You can follow me at Apollo Des one. You could follow our Twitter. If you're listening right now, if you have an at road to glory pod, and we'll take a quick little break. See you right after this. Welcome back to the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I am one of your co-hosts, Apollo Des One. You can follow me at Apollo Des One. Um, week two, like I said earlier, before we jumped into, before I had to pivot a bit of the top twenty-five. Not a great slate. Not a great slate at all. We're going to have a 11 o'clock game. That's going to be great. And then about a few hours of boredom, hopefully there's some upsets. Um, like I said, that first game is Oregon, Ohio State. And in theory, there should be a lot of points, but the Oregon time 
different. I don't know. Time's a figment of your imagination. It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's fairy dust. Um, I think Ohio State's going to get on them early. I'm actually probably looking at Ohio State first half uh, bets on that. Um, but after that, the morning slate's not great. It really isn't top 25-wise. Um, Notre Dame, Toledo, Virginia Tech, Middle Tennessee, South Florida, Florida, Auburn, Alabama State. Yeah. All the eyes and everything one in the country is watching Oregon, Ohio State. As we go into the afternoon, you're going to have Middle Tennessee, Virginia Tech, um, UAB, Georgia, where Georgia's a 24-point favorite. I may hammer that home. Uh, Texas A&M traveling to Colorado, to Boulder. Uh, you're going to have a little Buffalo out on the field. I don't think it's going to be enough. a playing. They have a really good defense this year. I hate to say that. Murray State versus Cincinnati. Ball State versus Penn State. Mercer versus Alabama. I don't know how much you paid Mercer uh, to come to Tuscaloosa, but it's probably not enough. Double that because they're probably going to put up 75 on them. Um, the middle afternoon game. And hopefully the Oregon-Ohio State game goes about four overtime so we can get there. It's going to be Iowa-Iowa State. Number 10 versus number nine in the country. Uh, Big 10, Big 12 matchup. Uh, Iowa State is the favorite by four and a half points. The over-unders at 46. If you follow college football, you follow betting of college football, you know the Big 10 loves to punt the football you love and if you know anything about the big 12 you know iowa state is the black sheep of it and they love to slow it down and just grind games out that over under 46 kind of looks sexy to bet i don't know yet i'm gonna do some more research you can follow me at apollo des one to see if that's going to be a good bet or not but first time looking at it numbers pretty good i it's just it's just a game that's going to be slow, plodding, grinding, and just whoever has the ball last probably wins 10 to 7. Um, and that's your 330 game, your ABC game. Um, I don't know. It, it, you can never argue about a top 10 matchup in, in week two. You got to be happy about that. Uh, things happen in aims that are really weird. Uh, you can ask me as a Longhorn fan. Uh, I hate playing at Ames because weird things happen. So uh, I think the Iowa State faithful will show out and be loud. And you have a, a state rivalry. So you have households that are split. You have wives and husbands that hate each other. You have brothers and sisters that hate each other. You're going to have all this type of animosity to it all. And that's what college football does, and it brings everyone together through hatred of your rival teams. Um, as we go into the late afternoon games in the top 25, you have Clemson versus South Carolina State, cupcake game. You have West Carolina versus Oklahoma. Play someone one time, Oklahoma. Just play someone one time. Jeez. Um, the primetime game at the 6 o'clock state, and that it may be subjective and it may not be a rational thought, but you have Texas – my Longhorns on the road at unranked Arkansas. Um, it's going to be a crazy woo pig suey matchup. I can feel the hate. I could feel the energy and I could just feel the SEC in my bones. And I'm just glad Texas is coming into a conference that needs a conference to be elevated by the presence of the Longhorns and Texas. So they had the first matchup um, of many matchups coming for the foreseeable future. 
an old Southwestern Conference matchup as well. There's a lot of rich history there. Texas is a seven-point favorite on the road with a redshirt freshman quarterback. I don't know if I like that. Uh, Arkansas, you have uh, Jalen Catalan, who was a, a guy that Texas wanted. I'm a recruit nut, so I'd follow that all. The dude's an All-American. He is a beast and is someone that's going to be probably another All-American this year because he just flies all over the place. Uh, great, great game on ESPN at 6 p.m. Um, and then as we go, there's not really there's not really much going into the to the later evening. You have Miami versus Appalachia State, Wisconsin versus Eastern Michigan, Ole Miss versus Austin P, North Carolina, Georgia State, Utah, BYU. Seems like a really good game. And I think that's going to be our late night 9 p.m. game that we sit and watch just because we're just like, oh, man, we've been drinking all day. We've been barbecuing all day. I'm this food coma. I'm kind of drunk. I don't know what to do. Let's watch more football. I think Utah-BYU is the game to watch. Utah is a seven-point favorite. They're on the road. So BYU is a home dog. I love home dogs. Um, I may bet BYU, guys. I need to do some research. But BYU, they have they have like a bunch of 30-year-olds. And I saw it with Taysom Hill when he torched Texas. And I keep going back to Texas things because that's my fandom. But hear me out. Utah struggled last week against Weber State, right? BYU at home as a dog, a touchdown dog, with 30-year-old grown men. I may bet that because weird things happen in Provo, especially at night. Huh. Just maybe put a little sprinkle on that. And Uncle Des will uh, say tip your bartender. Uh, to round out the top 25, you have Stanford USC, uh, where USC is a 17-point favorite, and UNLV versus Arizona State, where Arizona State is a 34-point favorite. So like I said, not a great slate into week two. Your three games you want to highlight is Oregon, Ohio State at 11. Oh, man, Iowa, Iowa State at 3.30. So you're going to have a little afternoon nap right there in the middle. Texas, Arkansas at 6. And then I really kind of like the sneaky game of Utah-BYU at 9.15. So as we see the, the slate unfold, I'm sure there will be some games where we can flip over to those are the ones right off the cuff that we're looking at. Um, obviously, the group of five are playing. We're, we're looking at all these games. Um, there's there's some good football. We saw UTSA beat Illinois last week. Coach Trailer, high school coach, to a Texas uh, a assistant coach, to an Arkansas assistant coach, to the head coach of UTSA um, doing big things. You have a Tulsa-Oklahoma State. A little little state rivalry there. Um, you have a lot of little things going on uh, this week. You have a U of H team playing Rice, a, a little city rivalry if you're listening. Uh, you listen to our Pod Slam and Jamma guys have been covering U of H. Obviously a very tough loss last week against Texas Tech that they, they just absolutely pissed away. Um, the hot chair is hot because um, – it's just not it's just not getting done with Dana over there. And I'll be the first one to say I love Dana at West Virginia. I thought he was a guy, um, but he hasn't. He punted the first year, and then he, like, let a bunch of people go. It's just been bad for U of H after 
the Tom Herman era. And so I, I could see that quickly, quickly uh, derailing if they don't, uh, if Dana doesn't circle the wagons quickly. So all in all, a, uh, a week, week two, but it's college football. We have to love it. We have to get our bets in, and I'm excited to see it. Um, right now on Thursday night when I'm recording this solo pod, I don't really have any bets that stand out to me. I think the BYU money line, you put a little sprinkle there. Obviously, I'm going to bet on my Longhorns um, on the road at Arkansas. And then, I don't know. There, I'll try to find some value. Follow me at Apollo Des one at Road to Glory Pod, or at Cash Landing, um, where we can get all our bets off. But it's not a great slate for we two. But at the end of the day, we have college football back. The stadiums are packed. They're having a great time. They're singing. They're laughing. And um, it's the greatest time of the year. And as the weather changes and it gets cooler, that calendar flips over, it's only going to get better as we get into the season. I'm just happy that you guys are listening and, and enjoying this podcast, enjoying our content at Apollo media. And I am just super thankful for you guys believing in us and wanting to consume this. So that is it for episode three of the roads glory podcast. You can follow us at roads glory pod. You could follow me again at Apollo does one or at Chris B McGee. He, my co-host who was out this uh, episode, but carried us for episode two. And we'll be back for episode four, recapping week two this upcoming week. Um, once again, thank you guys for believing us. Thank you for following college football. Send me some feedback. Send me some, some little tips. We can make some bets together. And uh, thanks for being part of the Apollo Podcast Network and the Apollo Media family. Um, thank you, guys. Love you guys. Bye.